This podcast series is brought to you by Elekanyani Ndlovu. For more details, visit elekanyani.com. My name is Elekanyani Ndlovu and welcome to Manifesto. Manifesto is about challenging each other to grow, to innovate, to think and move in ways that will impact people positively. This week I had someone ask me which school did you go to? And I said to her I went to the Rand Afrikaans University College for the advancement of learning and leadership. And after I said that we both cracked up laughing at how long that name is. Where is that? And what what is that? And I said to her it's a school in Brixton and the school was a project school between the then Rao University which is now UJ and Metropolitan Life where the objective was to go to township schools pick the top performing students have us write aptitude tests then gain entry into the school everything around the school was designed so that it can support children from disadvantaged backgrounds we had lunch at the end of the day and for some children that was the only meal they would have we had stationery you can imagine my horror with our children and the fact that we have to buy stationery i just could never understand that because i thought that schools are supposed to give you stationery and they're supposed to give you calculators and everything you need so we got stationery and for children who really needed to they got assistance with getting uniform they made sure that there were buses that were routed around soweto and other different parts of johannesburg where different children would come from and you would just have a place where you stand to wait for your bus and the bus will come through you got on and it took you to school and it was the same thing after school and it was explaining all of this that made me think about how really my whole life has been made possible by different projects that have happened have been executed and people have bothered to effect and bring to life in that way actually impacting my life and shaping my life to be what it is being at that school opened up possibilities and how i ended up at that school was because my headmaster from my primary school had insisted that my father does not take me to to limpopo to venda and that i should actually go try out and write this aptitude exam or aptitude test and see if i will get into the school and he convinced him that it will not be an expensive exercise because by then the principal had tried to get me into queens high or parktown girls and a whole host of other schools to try and convince my father to not take me to limpopo but my father just said he cannot possibly pay for parktown girls or queens high he doesn't have the resources to do that and Raukol which is the short version of the school name was a real possibility for me to be able to stay on and go to a really good school and i started thinking about how it was not just that there was a project called GCP gifted children with potential program and GCP was run by twins Mpo and Tabo Puti 
if I remember correctly. And I looked them up to see if they're alive and what they're up to while I was thinking about all of this. And I found them and I realized they are alive and they are still doing the exact same thing they have been doing for years where all they're trying to do is actually to really expose children from Soweto, children from townships to experiences. And those experiences then in turn build their confidence, shape their thinking, change their paradigms, and also in fact just exposes them to what's possible and what's out there. When I joined GCP, it was 1993. Firstly, that's where I made a lifelong friend since 1993, ended up at the same high school, and we've gone to varsity together and now living our lives and raising children together. And part of the gift of being part of that program has been lifelong relationships. But also it was where I was exposed to swimming, where somebody bothered to teach me how to swim. I was exposed to going on camp. It was at that program that I was exposed to the fact that there's a thing called a banquet. I remember the one camp we had to bring dresses so that we can attend this banquet. And I remember the experience of just going with my father to go find this dress. He picked this beautiful checkered dress for me. I was just so excited and so happy because also we hardly got new clothes except for Christmas and whenever you really had the necessity but I was getting a new dress and the reason for this new dress was because I was going to attend a banquet and I was like what is a banquet you know and then learning to spell words like accommodation I remember when I learned to spell that and the teacher that taught who was volunteering at the time and she taught us to spell accommodation, you know. So it's those little things where I was thinking about, you know, it is the fact that those two things got executed. I mean, life is complex and I understand that they are not the only two things that shaped my life, but really by their mere existence, they were a defining experience for my life and formed and formulated the base of what I was exposed to, what I was able to think about and what I was able to do. And I kept thinking, what happens if dreams don't get executed, if plans or projects don't get executed? And what happens is that lives don't get impacted and lives don't change. And this got me thinking about how do you get stuff done? And I started thinking along my journey of how I get things done on a daily basis, especially thinking about how much I have to get done from family responsibilities around children. Like right now, I have to remember to get my daughter's uniform fitting done and I have to remember to then go pay for that uniform. And then at some point, I must buy stationery and get ready for grade one. In between that, I have to do actual work, get projects off the ground and get them executed. And how do I do that? With lockdown and working from home, I've just sort of created this office around my bed and my husband works in the study upstairs because he prefers working sitting. I really prefer working and lying down. It's really bad, but I do that. So I jumped off this bed and I rushed upstairs to go show him that I am super productive. Look at my list. And I realized I have this addiction to to-do lists. 
and to scratching them out. One of the most fulfilling things I ever get to do in a day is to get a task done and just go back to that list and then scratch that thing out to say it is done. I got it done. And the to-do list tendency comes from upbringing. My father was the same. He wrote everything down and as a result, I write everything down. I still prefer old school, write it down and then go back and scratch it out. It was watching him do that and seeing pieces of paper around his dresser and how he would scratch them out and how we would be talking about him getting something done and he would write it down. So I think I got that from there. But a few years ago, I also read the book Eat That Frog. Oh man, that book. I used to think that the best way to get things done is to do the easiest thing, get that done and get excited about it and then increment the pace and the momentum as I go. And for years, that worked in a way, but it just was not effective. You just finish the day and you haven't done what really needs to be done. You've done stuff, but you haven't done what really needs to be done. And for me, the breakthrough was reading the book Eat That Frog because at some point I got obsessed with how do I become effective. I picked this up when I got appointed for my first role as manager of a team and when you manage a team you really have to get your ducks in a row because it's a completely different ball game to managing your own time and your own tasks because now you have to also manage and oversee everybody else's tasks but also be there for them as a manager so how your day is broken down is completely different. And also how you spend time with the team is completely different to when you're just a team member versus you are the manager. My first management role, I had 15 people reporting to me directly and I had to make time and space for them to feel that I'm accessible but also get work done, you know, get projects off the ground, get design reviews done and and also just do administrative managerial things and I knew I needed to figure out how to become a lot more productive and I read a number of books and the one that had the most impact for me from a productivity perspective was Brian Tracy's Eat That Frog and the biggest change was the notion that you must do the hardest task first and I had never thought of it like that in fact until that book, that's not how I had approached my tasks. I would always do the easiest thing first because in my mind, I had convinced myself that if I get through a task I enjoy, then I'll be a lot more motivated and I'll be a lot more excited to then do stuff that is really hard and that I don't really want to do. But contrary to what I had thought, the book said that you must do the hardest thing first you must eat the frog first. And the one thing you're dreading to do that you really don't want to do must be done first thing in the morning. And the second thought that helped me was when he says that don't stop until that task is done. And I realized that's where I was also going wrong because I would start doing things and then halfway through, I would stop what I was doing. And I suspect it's because it was getting harder. So I would stop what I was doing and then I'd start something else, which I would convince myself if I just start this something else, it would be easier because then I'll feel a bit more encouraged and then I'll do that. That wasn't working. 
it wasn't getting things done and I knew that something needed to change. And those were the two changes I made. I start with the hardest task first. I really do. And because also I wake up early in the morning, I start working early. I have less distractions. I have less noise. And even when I was taking on my first management role, I would get to work early and I would get things done that needed to be done when it was quieter and just get work done before you have to sit through listening to your team and what they are going through, where they need support, and you have to sit through meetings. You know, so I'd get to work early, get things done. And I'm finding that that's what's working out for me as well during this lockdown period. And it was jumping off my bed to run, to go show my husband how effective I've been and, you know, just almost do a victory dance and some, I'm getting so much done. That reminded me of that process and how it's taken time actually to reframe my mind from doing things the way I used to do them to now doing things the way I do them and it feeling like that's how it's supposed to be done and that's how I've always done it. But that's not how I've always done it. I used to just switch in between tasks and I used to do the easiest things first and that's completely changed now. I get to the hardest things first and so by the end of the day I have such fulfillment and such victory and I feel much happier and a lot more fulfilled. You know they're just those things where you just don't know where to start and as a result, you procrastinate. You just never get to it because you're afraid of starting because you're not sure. And practicing what Brian Tracy says on Eat That Frog has helped me to overcome that. And the thought is you have to do your hardest task first and you cannot do anything else until you've completed this task. It's very effective. It's tedious in the beginning and I remember thinking, really, I have to do this. And now it's what I do. I have a master list of what needs to be done in my life. And then I have that reduced to what needs to be done on a monthly basis. And then I have that reduced to what do I need to get done this week? And that is then reduced to what do I need to get done today, right? And over time with practice, I've learned how to prioritize, like he would say, list them. You have A tasks. Those are things that have to get done. Then you have B tasks, you know, and you rank them and you rate them. I mean, that stuff is tedious when you're starting out. And in fact, if you don't really have a pressing reason to be productive, which I did, I was forced to have to be productive. There's no ways you can lead a team of 15 and not be productive. You just, you can't. And that served me really well because in learning to do that, it actually works now even for my own personal life and I rank things and categorize things I'll say this is admin stuff this is work work that has to be done this is mommy stuff and family related stuff in those different categories I'll rank them in terms of if anything gets done today this is the one thing I have to do in this category to make sure that all of life is moving and stuff is getting done and not just work work and once I've done that one of the most liberating things I've learned is to look at your to-do list and say, I'm not doing this anymore. I choose not to do this. 
it's not going to add value to my life and I choose to procrastinate on this because it's not urgent and therefore you actually have designed procrastination where you're just leaving things out and you give yourself permission to not get to them yet because you have more important stuff to do. So those were some of the thoughts that really have liberated me, just reframing how you approach stuff. And I was thinking about that when I was thinking about the discussions I've had on the podcast about finding your work, about how at some point you need to think beyond yourself and start thinking about the impact you have and the contribution you make and discussions around, you know, just being a contributing member of society and making time to think about what it is you want, how you get it done, discussions about being and discussions about you know, getting to that sweet spot where you are doing what you feel like you've been called to do and you are making a difference. And that difference is your difference. Nobody else's difference and nobody else gets to judge the success of that difference. It's you and what you feel you need to be doing and what your work is and how you're going to go about moving beyond self, you know, and Start not only investing in yourself, but in others as well. And I thought about, you know, it's nice to think about all of these things and to process them and dream them. And, but how do you get them done? Because the impact isn't doing them. And the other aspect I thought about is that, in fact, if you just never start doing some of the things that you're thinking about and you're feeling, then you never get to try them out and test them out. And it is in execution that you can see that, oh, this doesn't work or oh, I don't really want to do that. It's in doing and starting that you can then refine what it is you want to do. You can change your mind. You can think about it differently. You can see what works and what doesn't. And you then find a way to execute things you had been thinking about in ways that you actually never even thought would be how you execute them. And the question I was thinking about is how do you get stuff done? It was reading a book, implementing what's in that book, and consistently staying with those principles and applying them, I had forgotten that there was a process to getting me to working like this and approaching my work like this. No, so I thought, let me share that. Let me share yet another book that has changed how I do things and how I frame things. Productivity and a really good work ethic has been one of the things that I have worked on over the years. And the biggest change in how I approach things has been that one, do the hardest thing first. Two, don't stop doing that thing until it's done. Don't deviate. The minute you deviate, you're gone. You've lost that momentum. And when you come back to start again, you're starting afresh and it takes so much energy. And three, my biggest shift in thinking had been some things won't get done and it's okay. And if you get your prioritization right, you are then doing things that should get done. So my challenge for you this week is think about how productive you are. Think about what's tripping you up when it comes to getting things done and consider the resource which is eat that frog go through it and see if there are tools in there that can help you and then my second challenge is 
pick a principle and then stick to it until it's become a habit. I mean, the book touches on a lot of things. You don't have to do all of them. But it could be just an attempt at prioritizing things differently and try and implement that and see how that changes your productivity levels. I'm just excited sharing this because I've just gone down memory lane and I remember the earlier days of trying to implement some of these principles and looking back now and thinking about how they've just become a part of what I do. You can build habits and you can change the way you think about things and do things by simply choosing to and doing so consistently until you get it right. So that's my challenge for you this week to reframe your productivity levels. Because if you are productive and if you do get things done, then it means you will get to your dreams and your dreams impact other people's dreams. I would love to hear from you. Please share your thoughts, ideas and experiences with me on erendlovo.com or send an email to womanifesto at erendlovo.com. Until next week, thank you and God bless.